Welcome to the Apostasy Show, hosted by JLB. This presentation is being streamed via the Dark Matter Digital Network in association with the Infinite Plane Society. You can find all of our episodes at the website apostasyshow.com. There you can also leave audio messages to be played during the show. New episodes are streamed every Monday beginning at 12 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The Apostasy Show is an entirely independent production made possible by supporters from all around the world. Check out apostasyshow.com to find out how you can get involved by sharing your treasure, your time, or your talent. But what is apostasy? Apostasy is the act of giving up your religious or political beliefs and leaving behind a religion or a political party. Apostasy is embracing an opinion that is contrary to one's previous religious beliefs. Basically, apostasy is the act of leaving behind your old belief systems. If you have begun to peer behind the curtain, Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain! Then you probably realize that you were taught things as a child which are simply not true. And you probably also realize that if you simply question the orthodoxy of our day, it can make the regular folk around you rather uncomfortable. Some people are not ready for these kinds of conversations, and in many cases, they never will be. But here at The Apostasy Show, we're making apostasy great again. It's okay to question what we think we know, and that's the whole point of The Apostasy Show. Now here's your host, JLB. Thank you, Faye. Yes, I'm JLB. I'm back. Is it just me, or is that a terrific intro? Okay, that was a different girl to last week, and I think they both did a great job recording that intro, and uh, the music was... Nice as well, I thought. Let me know what you think in the live stream chat below. Now, let me just go and double check to make sure this is coming through clearly. Can you guys hear everything? I don't have an official producer. You guys are my producer. So let me type this. Can you guys hear me clearly? We're still, um, we're still, what are we? This is the fifth episode, the third official episode. This is Apostasy Show, The Apostasy Show, episode number three, March 1st, 2021. And of course, we had the two... Um, what do you call them, pilot episodes as well, before we launch the official show. So this is the third official show, fifth in, uh, fifth in a row, here at Monday, midday, US Eastern Time. And uh, as Faye explained in the intro, this is being streamed via the Dark Matter Digital Network, and it's in conjunction with the Infinite Plane Society. And I'm being told by all the lovely people in the live stream. One Trick Pony says, great intro. O Breek says, all good. Linda Curtis says, loud and clear. Von Go says, yes, can hear. Paul Schoenman says, yo. <laughs> Empress Infinite says, loud and clear. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, Charles Steiner says, yes, good introduction, very professional. Connie G, good afternoon from Ireland. Michael Horg says, heck yeah. And uh, Von Gogh says, intro is professional. Thank you, all of you, for uh, letting me know. So, that, that look, if I'm going to be doing this, eventually I'll stuff up the intro and like make it so you can't hear it accidentally. Like, I'll think you can, but you can't. <laughs> or you'll be able to do the introduction and not me, but... That's bound to happen when you're doing a show all by yourself, but uh, so far, so good. So what are we talking about today, my friends? Well, let's go and take a look, shall we? We're going to talk about apostasy. I've been very fortunate. Some people have left some mailbags, some comments, so we're going to read those out. We've got a couple of voicemails. We'll play those as well. I'll be reading out your comments like I always do. And we are going to be talking about 37 things normies believe, but not for very long, because today I want to focus on 37 things Conspiratards believe now. When I do these shows, guys, I'm not trying to offend anybody. And so if you think there's a chance you might be offended, either by being implicated as a normie 
or as a conspiratard or as a combination of the two, then please stop listening. I don't want to upset anybody, especially those of you who've been listening to my material for years. I started uh, streaming back in 2014, started podcasting and streaming back in 2014. Can you believe that? Especially those of you who've been here for six or seven years, I don't want to upset or offend you. But some of you haven't seen this article, even though it is available for free. It's definitely available for free these days. It might have started off as a, as a private member-only page, but I've made sure this is publicly available. Link in the info box below. Some of you guys just won't be aware of, of what's in here. And so you hearing me suggest that perhaps some of your beliefs are a bit conspiratory. That might upset or offend you. Some of you. Some of you are very secure in your beliefs and you're secure in yourselves and you're difficult to offend, which is, I think, the way... That's, the bit, that's a good way to be. But some people are very easily offended because deep down they're a little bit insecure about their beliefs and about uh, themselves as a person. And so if you're in that latter group, um, this might be an episode for you to skip because today we're talking about 37 things conspiratards believe. Now, do you want me to give an example? I'll give an example, right? Let's scroll down. Now, by the way, guys, some of the things on this, because I didn't write this list, okay? This list was written by members of JohnTheBond.com. That, that's in contrast to 37 things normies believe. I wrote that. And there's quite a story behind that article. We might come back to that later. But 37 things conspiratars believe. This was an idea. I think this was Dante's idea, actually. I can't remember. Or was it my idea and then he picked it up and ran with it? It might have just been his idea. I'm sure if it was his idea, he'll be, he'll be here to tell us very shortly. JLB, don't take credit for my idea. If it was his idea, he'll tell us. But whoever it was... Then all the members of JohnLeBond.com just started adding their own items to the list. And I think really what it was was like a catharsis. For those of us who went through a conspiratard phase, to get it off our chest, here's some of the dumb shit I used to believe when I first got here. Okay, so this is people, including myself, putting their hand up and saying, you know what, I'm more skeptical now, but back in the day, I fell down a couple of dodgy rabbit holes, a couple of traps perhaps, yes. So let's take an example, I'll give you a look. Let's have a look here. Uh, Dante, he was the... If, he, if this wasn't his idea, he was the first to contribute, either way. So let's zoom in so you can see that. Okay, let's go to the first one. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not put the cart before the horse, as it were. Item number one on 37 things conspirators believe. Number one, paid shills permeate the internet, seeking to suppress and divide my truth movements. Mm-hmm. Very popular belief. Let me know in the live stream chat. Do you believe this today? Did you used to believe it? How do you feel about this one right now? I'm going to read out your comments as we speak. Let's go and take a look, shall we? In the live stream chat, Eric Foster says, the moment you said 37 things conspiratards believe, the number of people watching live was 37. Well, there's one of those beautiful little sinks that we sometimes see, isn't it? Right now, as we speak, there's about 40 watching live. My hope is that if I can uh, do a better job of promoting the show more widely, we might better get this show up to maybe 100 live viewers in the next few weeks or months. That's what we were getting at the end of the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, which was one of those final streams that I was doing back in 2015 before I stopped doing the weekly streams. So I think that's a nice number to aim for. When you get to about 80 or 100, the, the chat seems to go at a good pace, not too slow, not too fast. Once you get up into the 2, 3, 4, 500, sometimes the chat just starts going so fast that it becomes uh, unmanageable. You know, it sort of loses its value. But 100, I think, is roughly a nice figure. So that's the aim, that's the goal. So let's see what they say in the live stream chat. Overthought asks, if you had to choose which one would you be, a normie or a conspiratard? That's a very good question. I'd probably rather be a normie, okay? Like, I'd have to think about this, but off the top of my head, the thing about normies is they just go with the flow. They're like the fish in the school of fish in the ocean. You know, the 
they're swimming as, a, as an individual, but they're actually in, in the school, they're in the pack, and when the school darts to the left, they dart to the left. The school darts to the right, they dart to the right. So the school darts to don't wear masks, save them for the nurses. You don't need them, that doesn't help you. They dart to that. Then they're told, actually, no, you have to wear masks. So they dart there. Then they're told, no, you've got to wear two masks. So they dart. They just dart wherever the school goes, you see, without ever giving it any thought, any concern. They're just blissfully ignorant. Whereas your average conspiratard tends to be very anxious, okay? They tend to be very worried, very scared. They're, they're very paranoid, okay? They tend to be concerned that this guy could be a paid shill, that guy could be a paid shill, the government's coming to get me, the government's coming to vaccinate me, the government's coming to, you know, inject me with this chemical that's going to kill me, blah, blah, blah. Which might, by the way, maybe there is, maybe there's some dodgy shit going on with the vaccine. We might talk about that later. The point is, until it happens, what's the point of worrying about it? Worrying fixes nothing in life. In life, my friends. Worrying fixes nothing. If there's a problem, there is a solution. You can focus on the solution, action the solution, make things better. If there is a problem with no solution, that's not a problem. That's a circumstance. Okay? Problems have solutions. Issues without solutions are not problems. They're circumstances. So why worry about the circumstance? If there is a solution, find the solution, action the solution. But worrying in of itself fixes nothing. And the so-called truth movement, or as I call it, the ACT realm, alternative conspiracy truth, ACT, the ACT realm, the ACT realm is full of people who want to worry. And it's like, bro, worrying won't fix it. And then they'll come back to me, they'll be like, oh, you, you're part of the problem and you don't want to fix it. I'm like, bro, if there was a solution, I'd, I'd try and find a solution. What do you want me to do? If the government's going to come and vaccinate you, what can I do about that? What can I do about it? If the, if the government wants to hand out vaccines, and this is just one example, there's, there's uh, countless but if the government's going to do that, how does you and me sitting here talking about it, worrying about it, fix anything? It doesn't fix anything, my friends, does it? So let's go and take a look at the live stream chat. Anybody want to comment on this particular thing that conspiratards believe? One Trick Pony says, i got a couple of chemtard neighbors. Yeah, we, the chemtrails are on the list. Don't you worry about that. And by the way, guys, there's members of my very own website, johnthebond.com, who do believe in chemtrails. They're absolutely convinced chemtrails are real. They've sent me photos of what they purport to be chemtrails. I fully believe it. Guess what? I've got no problem with that. I've got no problem with that. doesn't bother me at all. There are members on my website who still believe in dinosaurs. There are some who still believe in history. It's not a problem. We don't sit around arguing about it. <laughs> they don't try and change my mind. They don't try and change theirs. It's not a problem. Okay? So don't take this list or either of these lists as something where you have to believe this or you can't believe that. These lists are just a way to explore what, what, what do we believe, what have we believed, and why? You know, what, what led us to change our minds on these topics? How were we influenced by certain people? It's really just a kind of like an exercise, like a thought experiment. What do we believe and why? And I think these lists are good for that. So let's go and take a look at item number two on 37 things. Conspiratants believe. We're all being deprived of free energy. Yes, guys. You have to pay your electric bill every month. You've got to pay to put gasoline in your car. You've got to pay for energy, right? Because energy has to be produced somehow, and you've got to pay for that production and the transportation of it, don't you? But what if this is all a big scam? What if energy is as free as the air we breathe? And mind you, people who listen to this in 20 years' time will be like, breathing free air, what's he talking about? You know what I mean? That's the way that we're headed, it would seem. But for now, I think it's, it's free to breathe air, as far as I'm aware. For now, anyway. And maybe electricity, maybe energy is just as free, but we don't know it. Because what if there were great inventors like, I don't know, 
Nikola Tesla. And they discovered these technologies to generate free electricity, okay? Or maybe it's not even generating free electricity, maybe we're surrounded by free energy and, and Tesla and other people found ways to just um, take advantage of that. Not even generating energy, just allowing us to, to take advantage of it in one way or another. And then what if the, the bad guys, the authorities, the establishment, they found out about Tesla and they're like, yo, Nicola, man, you're going to shut that shit down right now or we're going to burn this lab to the ground, man. We're going to burn this motherfucker to the ground, all right? And Nikola Tesla, being the great man he was, he's like, you know, in a Serbian or a Croatian accent, wherever he's from, he says to them, you can take my life, but you can never take my freedom, man. And they're like, okay, Nikola, bad move, dude. Boom, right? Starts shooting up his lab, pouring gasoline everywhere. Nicola's like, no, this is, this is decades of my research. What are you doing? And Westinghouse and these other people were like, we, told, we tried to warn you, Nicola. We tried to warn you, you piece of shit. This, we're going to burn this motherfucker down, right? Next thing you know, poor Nicola, despite being the greatest inventor of all time, next thing you know, he's desolate, you know, living, uh, living impoverished, and all because he wanted to give us free energy. Okay, he was just trying to help the world. And the Oogie Boogie men came and, and ruined the whole thing. And now you're paying a couple dollars uh, per gallon of fuel. I just made that up. I don't know how much you guys are paying for fuel. If you're from Australia, you're paying $1.50 a litre. And that was when I was there a couple of years ago. It could be worse now. I wouldn't even know. And you're paying, what, uh, 20, 30 cents per kilowatt hour for your electricity? I mean, I don't know. Like, you're all in different countries. But you get what I'm trying to say. Now you're paying for energy when really it could be could be free. I mean, what are those what are those power lines? You see those power lines everywhere, like the big ones transporting electricity, you know, from um, from the regions to the city, like the big ones I'm talking about, where you can't build houses underneath them. Although I knew a kid once when I went to school, there was one house underneath the power lines in my suburb. He lived in that house. And I remember him one day, this is a true story, it's kind of a sad story actually. In high school I knew this kid and he was like a bit of an oddball kid, but he seemed harmless. And he explained to me, you know, oh, my parents got a great deal on the house. <laughs> I don't think I had the heart to explain to him, yeah, bro, that's because it's right underneath the freaking mass power line. So I don't think I said anything about it. Because he lived, he, like, if we're walking home or, or you know, riding our bikes home from school or whatever, he was, his house was on the same path as mine, but mine was beyond the power lines and then, uh, you know, over a slight hill and then on the other side. So one day, I don't know, I don't know if we were walking home together or if we just sort of passed each other, but somehow we got to chatting. And yeah, he was like, he thought his parents got a great deal on the house, which I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they got it cheap as chips, mate. And uh, this, is a, this is a very sad story. In fact, I'm going to save this story for the second hour because there's a very macabre ending to, to that story. No, the power line didn't drop onto his house and, and fry everybody. Uh, no, it, but what did happen... It's okay, it's a sample size of one. I'm not going to say that what eventually happened in that situation um, was because his family lived under a power line. But there was a, a great tragedy in the family uh, after this. And yeah, it's a full-on story. Now that I think about it, yeah, um, I'm starting to regret even mentioning this story because it really is a sad story. But um, if somebody in the after call, because we do one hour on YouTube and then we go to the JLB Discord for the after call, if somebody in the after call wants to ask me about what happened in the end of that story, I will tell you. And it's a totally true story. I can show you the newspaper clippings, or like the newspaper stories. And they can come back to me and say, oh, those stories could be fake. Sure, they could be. They could be. But this was a small-time case. Didn't even make the front page uh, of, the, of the Metro newspapers. 
I mean, it could be fake. They can fake anything. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just leave it there. <laughs> but anyway, so those big those big power lines, we're told that they're to transport electricity, okay, from from one place to another. You know, from the big power stations through to to the cities and what have you, and then from there, you know, they go into the big transformer blocks, and then you know, what I'm trying to say, you get the idea. But what if those power lines are actually tapping into what some might call the ether? Okay, so in the same way that you know people used to put the aerials on their roofs to capture the terrestrial broadcasts, and I guess some people still do that. You know, they, those are capturing something, those antenna. What if there's something else that can be caught by giant power lines, and then they are just charging us at our houses? for stuff that they're getting for free. You see what I'm trying to say? That's a theory that's out there. That's a theory that's out there. So let me know in the live stream chat, what do you think about all of this? Let's go and see what they're saying. Let me just get a glass of beautiful Bulgarian tap water. Oh, that's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Paul Shoneman says, I appreciate your distinction. He's talking to me. Between problems and circumstances, that's gold. Well, guess who I got that from? Believe this or not, I got that from uh, the... the and, and some of you are not going to like this, but just hear me out. I got this from the Flat Earth guy, Antonio Subrats, okay? Because I had a debate with him about the shape of the Earth, the so-called shape of the Earth back in 2016. And what I do in preparation for something like that is I go back through someone's material and find out what does this person believe? Why do they believe it? What are they likely to say? Where are they coming from, right? And I was super prepared. And one of the streams that I saw him in, either leading up to the debate or shortly afterwards, I can't recall, it was five years ago now, obviously. I heard him talking about this. He's like, if you have a situation and there's no solution, then it's not a problem because problems have solutions. Okay, so like two plus two equals four. That's a balanced equation, okay? The problem and the solution. This is rudimentary mathematics, yeah? If there is no solution, then you don't have a problem, okay? Now, someone who is advanced, someone who's studied advanced mathematics can come back to me and say, oh, that's not true. We've got paradoxes. And okay, listen, do you get the point that's being made or not? Some situations can be fixed and some cannot. The ones that can be fixed, you can liken them to a problem. You can liken the fix to a solution. If you have a situation that has no solution, then it's not a problem. It, this is your situation. This is your circumstance now. And you can either make peace with it or keep on complaining about it. And of course... We, and, and worrying about it, which helps nobody, especially those around you. And of course, we're surrounded by people who they want to worry. And I believe there's a large proportion of the act realm, the alternative conspiracy truth realm. They're here not because they, uh, they don't like the injustice of what they see happening. They're here because when they come here, they can complain and people will be like, yeah, you're right, that is bad. That's bad what the government's doing. That's bad what Alexandra... Oh, Cortez, whatever her name is. That's bad what she's saying. That's bad what's on the TV. That's bad what Bill Gates is doing. That, you see what I'm trying to say? They just want to sit there and complain. Okay? You could, you could pick them up today. Okay? Like, uh, what was that? What was that game where you could just pick people up and move them around? Was it The Sims? I can't remember. There was a game. Actually, it was a cricket game I used to play on the Super Nintendo where you could pick your fielders up and they'd be like kicking their legs and you go and put the fielder over there. Right? You, these people who want to complain, you could pick them up from 2020. You could take them back to 1950 they'll be complaining just as much as they are today, right? You could pick them up today, fast forward 50 years, and God knows what the world's going to look like then. Hopefully, I'll live that long to see because it's, be, it's going to be clown world taken to the max, right? You could dump them in that, in that world and they would be complaining just as much. 
And the point I'm trying to make to you is they're not complaining because of the injustices. They're complaining because that's what they're going to do. And they use a so-called truth movement as a place to come and be allowed to vent and to complain and to talk about how bad the world is. And these people get, what, 50, 60, 70 years on this earth? And they want to spend how much of it complaining? Not fixing anything. Not improving anything. Oh, we're improving it, JLB. Sitting around complaining about it is improving. How is it improving anything? Oh, because if lots of us complain, then we're going to get a critical mass of people complaining. Yeah, and then what? Well, and then, and then when there's lots of us complaining, and then that's... Yeah, then what? Well, JLB, that, this is why people think you're a paid shill, okay? Because <laughs> you, you're helping the bad people by pointing out the obvious truth here that we're not doing jack shit sitting on our asses. Yeah, then that's why I said tune out like 10 minutes ago. I'm trying to do you a favor here. All right. Alpha 4 is in the live stream chat. Serenity now. Von Gogh says, and I love this honesty. He says, I kind of believe this one. Lol, I'm a conspiratard. I remember Aaron Dover had some crazy videos that blew my mind. I never even considered it up to that point. I believe energy could be tapped into. Von Gogh, I love your honesty, fantastic stuff. Yeah, dude, listen, I'm open to that, okay? If one day I'm just sitting down at a cafe, enjoying a nice latte, and a dude in a suit sits next to me, and he says, listen, JLB, and I'm like, who the hell are you? He's like, don't worry about that. I want to tell you something. The energy is free, and you can go and tell your audience, but it doesn't really matter because no one's going to do anything about it. But I just wanted to tell you, bro, the energy is free, and I can prove it to you. And he showed me some device to prove it to me. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm shocked. I'd be like, Okay, I didn't believe in that one, but I was open to it. Okay, fair enough. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible. It wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, we'll get to this later in 37 Things Conspiratards Believe, but say with aeroplanes, okay, is there really multiple tankers worth of fuel in an A380's wings? Maybe. But maybe once you get high enough, you know, high up enough in the sky, it's possible for certain technologies to for want of better terminology, tap into a certain energy that is up there. Because what is voltage, right? What is voltage? Listen, I'm no electrical uh, engineer. I'm no electrical science guru, okay? But my understanding is that voltage has to do with a difference of energy or a difference of potential energy or something like this. So you have a drop of voltage across a circuit, for instance, right? Well, the higher you go up in our so-called atmosphere or atmosplane the less dense the air gets the closer you get to this thing that we call the sun is it possible that there's some kind of change in potential energy from one level to another listen i'm open-minded vongo i'm open-minded too just because something's on the, the list of 37 things conspiratists believe doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong this is just a fun way to look at some of the common beliefs that people have so vongo very much uh, very much appreciate your comment. Connor G says, and by the way, is this all still coming through clear, guys? Let me just check my... Yeah, I think we're coming through clear. Where are we? I lost my spot. Oh, there it is. Connor G says, most of the people here in Ireland are jumping for the vax. The normies like telling us what to believe. They just look at you with a blank face when you ask them a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yes, they do. I uh, don't doubt that for one moment. Linda Curtis writes... I was brought up on free water. It was called a well. Yes, the old drinking well. I don't know if I've ever drunk from a well. Not sure. But when I was younger, one of my family members, we used to go to their house every now and then. They had a rainwater tank. Like we, where I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs. But we had a family uh, member who lived uh, further out. And uh, they had a rainwater tank. 
And I remember thinking to myself how much nicer the, the water tasted. At, I won't say the family member's um, name or his relationship to me, but I remember thinking when we go to his place, the water is beautiful. Like even as a kid, I could tell the tap water is way better here than at, at my house. And this is when I was a kid. This is when I was like, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight, nine. I was young. And even as a kid, I was like, this is way better. What I probably didn't realize at the time is because, yeah, Australian tap water is Scheisenhausen, especially in Brisbane, but even in Melbourne. I remember when I got to Brisbane, I first rocked up in Brisbane 2011. So I was like back, back 23, I think, when I moved there. And dude, Brisbane's even worse than Melbourne. I remember turning on the tap water when I first moved into a house and I could smell the chlorine. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you, as soon as you turn on the tap, you can smell the chlorine. Now, you contrast that with this beautiful Bulgarian tap water. Don't mind if I do. Ah, cannot smell a thing. This is like, ah, mm-mm-mm, yummy, yummy. I'm starting to suspect that the tap water here just comes straight from the stream because I live at the base of a, not the base, I live halfway up a mountain, like a ski mountain. And so I live on the, in the town area, just below where you go up the slopes to go and ski. And I'm starting to think, like, I've got to ask someone here. Next time I'm talking to a local, I'll be like, hey, by the way, you know the tap water here? Is it treated or does it just come straight from the snowy mountain that's here? And I'm kind of hoping they're going to say, no, it just comes straight from the mountain. What are you talking about, you idiot? <laughs> Why would you treat it? And I'll be like, you know, to protect us from all the invisible things that are going to kill us? Mm, yes, of course, yes. Von Go writes, I don't believe the Tesla story, but I'm open to energy being something bigger and different than I understand. Yeah, well, dude, I'm, I'm open-minded to lots of things as well. That's the beauty of of the skeptical framework is like, look, I've got no dogmas here, man. You know, I, I look at the evidence, I come up with my opinions. Now, more often than not, when I look at the big overarching stories, whether it's human evolution theory, heliocentrism, ancient extinct lizard birds, nuclear bombs, more often than not, when I take the time to look into them, it turns out that this belief that I used to have when I was growing up was based on, in terms of genuine empirical science, genuine empirical evidence, it was based on nothing. But they don't teach us that at school, right? They don't sit us down and go, okay, here's a scientific study, and this is, this is the first scientific study that was peer-reviewed that led people to believe X, Y, and Z. Now let's look at the first response to that, that paper. Now let's look at the broader discussion that was going on in the scientific community at the time regarding this thing. Let's look at the different, no, they don't do that. There's just, here's what we believe, but it's covered in this veneer of science. Oh, the experts. The experts, have, I mean, there used to be debates about this stuff, but the, the experts came to a consensus and, and we're very lucky because now we're so smart because we have science, yada, yada. What a load of nonsense, right? Let's just be open-minded. Maybe the energy is free, I doubt it, but I'm open-minded to it. And uh, maybe there's paid shills out there sent to, to mislead us or to scare us or to do something. I mean, maybe, it's possible, man. Going back to my, my sort of... Um, thought experiment or my hypothetical before say I'm sitting there at the cafe having my nice cafe latte dude in the suit and the sunglasses sits down next to me he says hello JLB and I'm like who are you doesn't matter man I want to tell you something for years now you've been saying you don't believe in paid chills I've got evidence to change your mind okay and then he shows me somehow he shows me evidence that convinces me that it's true right I'll be like okay I, I was okay that one now you surprise me okay like the, the free energy okay like that, that that's not such a big surprise really you guys are paying People? Like, to do what? To have YouTube channels of what? 5,000 subscribers to put out this info. That's what you're doing? Uh-huh. Why? Oh, because you see, JLB, uh, if we didn't do that, 
the the act realm would grow too large and, and there'd be a revolution and we'd lose you know my, my pain masters would lose their position at the top of the monkey pile so they pay people uh, you know a, a decent amount to pretend to be truthers and to say 90 percent truth but 10 percent lies right and you jlb you've been mixing with these people and you didn't even know it you didn't even see it coming i'll be like i would be surprised by that to be honest like i'm open-minded but I'll be like, what? You have to pay people to be stupid? Have you spoken to most of these so-called truthers? They're happy to be stupid for free. <laughs> like, why are you paying people? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you not think there's people out there who will spread complete this info for free? Like, why are you paying people to do stuff they do for free? That does not make any sense to me. Like, that's like paying people to go and watch professional sport. That they, they will go and watch professional sport for free. They'll pay for the privilege of watching professional sport. And you're telling me that you're going to pay people to spread this info when most people are so full of this info they spread it for you for free why man why are you doing that if, if he came back to me and he said oh just for fun to tell you the truth we're just like messing with people I'm like, okay fair enough so it's still a weird thing though if you ask me but i guess it's possible all right let's keep going through the live stream chat comments up to 50 people watching live yeah yeah boy welcome one and all to the apostasy show episode number three official episode in conjunction with dark matter digital network Links in the info box below. Go and check it out. Hey, good news, guys. Infinite Plane Radio is streaming at Dark Matter. That goes without saying. The Apostasy Show is obviously streamed through Dark Matter. And now the Fakeologist Show is on board. And I'm hoping that if we put enough friendly peer pressure on the Fakeologist, we might be able to convince him to do a weekly show here at Dark Matter Digital Network. Okay, he can stream it through his own platform, Fakeologist.com, but have it simulcast through Dark Matter Digital Network, and that way everyone on that network knows at this time, JLB, at this time, Abdefakeologist. And I'm hearing through the grapevine, don't want to say anything to, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'm hearing there might be one or two more names soon to join the stable. So this network is slowly but surely coming together, my friends. Very exciting times. And by the way, I know that some of you have done this in the last couple of weeks. But there's still some of you who haven't. Go and check out Infinite Plane Society. Link in the info box below. $2 per month to join the greatest meme factory in the entire ACT realm. That's a guarantee. Come back to me in a month's time if you join this. Come back in a month's time and say, JLB, you gave me a guarantee that this was the meme factory for me. I went and joined. I don't think it is the best. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to reimburse you your $2 per... I am going to personally reimburse you your $2 when you can tell me where's better. You come to me and say, JLB, you're wrong. There's a better place. You come to me, you tell me, I'm going to go and join that place and I'm going to personally reimburse you that $2, okay? And this offer is valid for the next month. So sign up today, link in the info box below, come back to me in a month. And if I have to shell out 20 or 30 bucks to people who are like, JLB, you were wrong. You gave us a guarantee, man. And you were wrong. I'll be like, okay, fine. I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to argue with you. Just tell me where's better and here's your $2 back. And now I'm off to that place that you said was better. And by crikey, it better be better, son. It had better be better. Okay, this is $2. Go and check it out. Infinite Plane Society, link in the info box below. So, back to the live stream chat. Paul Shonen, which by the way, that seems like a new name. So, welcome to the live stream. He says, you do admit history may be false, which potentially opens the door to highly advanced distant pasts, i.e. lost antiquitech. Antiquitech, is that a word? i.e. lost antiquitech, which I guess is a portmanteau of antique technology. That's a cool word, antiquitech. 
and things of this nature but struggle to ascertain free energy? I don't know. Yeah, so Paul, what I'm saying is, here's what I think Paul's getting at. He's saying, hold on, JLB, you're saying that history's fake. So are you going to rule out that in the past they had more advanced technology? I think that's a point of, his, of what he's saying. Paul, that's a fair point. For all we know, 100, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, society was more advanced, quote-unquote, technologically than we are now, right? And then the somebody, you might call them the bad guys. I try and remain value neutral on these things, but let's call them the authorities or the establishment either way. They've come along. They've done something. They've somehow taken the technology for themselves, basically wiped our collective memories, dark city style, but not quite as dramatic, but same basic idea. And now we think, ooh, I've got a smartphone. This is great technology. You know what I mean? We think it's so advanced, but really it's nothing compared to what came before. If you're saying to me, Paul, is that possible? I'm saying, yeah, of course. I don't know what came before. Okay, I've dug back through history. We've been through this, go back through the old episodes of apostasy. I'll explain this from start to finish, why I say that history is hoax. I'm not just saying this for the clickbait. I'm not just saying this for the rhetoric. I'm telling you right now, history as we know it is a hoax, right? So what came before, like a couple hundred years ago, right? I don't know. Could be anything. But let me put this to you, Paul. Maybe there was nothing before a couple hundred years ago. See, this is what people can't get their head around. They metaphysically cannot comprehend this idea that maybe there was nothing. There was nothing, okay? Last year, there was last year. Before that, there was that year, right? But maybe back at a certain point, there's nothing before then, metaphysically speaking, okay? And this is not the time or place to go too deep into that topic, but you speak to the average so-called awake person, they'll believe that time goes back or that civilization goes back tens of thousands of years, man. But they can't get their head around, maybe it doesn't actually go back more than a couple hundred years. People cannot get their head around that. And you know what? I can't blame them. This is a difficult idea. It's a really difficult idea because the corollaries that follow from that can be pretty mind-bending, can't it? So, yeah, I don't blame people for not being able to handle that, but you want to talk about some... Like, you want to talk about what's really going on, okay? The obvious conclusions from the research... You're going to start going down some weird rabbit holes, man. And a lot of people simply are not ready. I mean that with no disrespect to you, Paul. Maybe you are ready. I'm just trying to point out that if you want to imagine there was technology, super technology 300 years ago, that could be the case. But that's just your imagination. We have zero evidence that that's the case. Now, you can bring to me evidence, and I will inspect it. Because that would be a cool story. Listen, being a skeptic like I am does not sell very well. People want stories. Being a skeptic like I am is destroying stories. It's actually the worst way to try and make money, really. The, the way to make money is to sell stories. I'm the story destroyer. I've, I really... I, look, I got into this not even trying to make money. I'm making some money now, but that wasn't the original plan. Had I, if I could go back seven years, I'd say to my former self, listen, bro, if you want to follow the path of truth and trying to learn how the world's working and all the rest of it, that's fine. But just understand you're eventually going to realize that history is a hoax and you're going to start breaking down people's stories. And that's a bad market. That's a terrible market. Most people don't want that. They want stories. Okay? And you're going to be destroying stories it, there's some money in it, but it's a terrible market. You're better off creating stories. You know, for example, in the long, long ago, we had super technology and the establishment stole it. Now you're getting views. Now you're getting clicks. Now you're getting cashola, my friend. Yes. Okay. In the, in the long, long ago, there were dinosaurs, but they weren't 70 million years ago. They were 700 years ago. And that advanced technology was used to wipe out the dinosaurs. Click, 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 click. Cha-ching, cha-ching, baby. Yeah, yeah, boy. People love stories. We're humans. We love stories. And being the world's leading skeptic, I'm the guy who destroys stories. And people hate that, okay? Not many people can handle that. So I don't really blame people for for hating me. I understand. (laughs) I didn't know what I was getting myself in for, man. 
So one trick pony says there's only a few picks of Nikola Tesla, which is a bit curious. Yes, indeed. Obreek says Eddie Bravo must be in the conspiratard bracket, but he was the one that brought my attention to the Tesla hoax. There's nothing wrong with conspiratards, and there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with Eddie Bravo. I'm a big Eddie Bravo fan for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them being his jiu-jitsu skills and what he achieved against one of the Gracies, which, you know, the Gracie family, man, if you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh, the Gracies on the mat, then as far as I'm concerned, you're a legend. And he is. Eddie Bravo's a pioneer in uh, what we now know, or what we call Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a pioneer in it. So I'm a big Eddie, uh, Eddie Bravo fan for that fact. I like his conspiracy stuff, at least with some of what I've seen of it. And yeah, he spoke about Tesla. I made a video about Eddie Bravo talking about Tesla. And of course, Eddie Bravo gave a shout-out to Nathan Oakley. I made a video about that as well. So yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if uh, Eddie Bravo is a bit of a conspiratard, then that's, I don't say there's a problem. Maybe there's a little bit of conspiratard in all of us. Now, I would love to read more of your comments, guys, but I do have to move on to the mailbag. And I'm going to come up with a, a tune for that or something. But it is time for the mailbag. So let's go through these. The first one comes to us from Dietra, which, by the way, guys, you can leave a message at apostasy.com, link in the info box below. And next week, I will read out your comment. It is that easy. Be part of the show just by leaving a comment. It really is as easy as that. So let's zoom in a little bit more so those of you who are watching rather than just listening can read along. So Dietra says on February 15, so a couple of weeks ago now, I'm sorry it took so long to get to uh, read this one out. Hi, I am Dietra from Oklahoma. It's great to know there are people out there who haven't always been awake like myself. I subscribed to the mainstream for 33 years. Guess what? I'm 33 years old as we speak. Too many 33s, we're going to start getting some... The conspirators are going to start getting a little bit anxious. Oh, no. 33. It was the year I had... By the way, I, used to, I didn't used to believe in the 33 thing, but I used to be like, how would you say, trepidatious of it? My first ever stream was back in 2014-15 called the Australian Roundtable Podcast. We didn't have an episode 33. We went episode 31, the next week 32, the next work, pardon me, the next week 32B, the next week 34, right? And for me, it was like kind of mocking. You know, they, they do this in um, some countries, I think in, in parts of China, you'll find that uh, some elevators don't have uh, level four or level 44. I think it's four. It's been a while since I brushed up on my Chinese, but uh, means four, but it also means death. So people don't want to live on the death floor. So they'll skip level four. Don't quote me on that. I think it's number four they try and skip. All right, but you see this in different countries with their different lucky numbers and whatever, or unlucky numbers as the case might be. That's what I was trying to do with our numbering for the Australian Roundtable podcast was to skip 33. Not because I was afraid of it, but just because, I mean, partly it was, it was a joking thing, but also partly, you know, I was still a bit more conspiratorial back then. And if anybody doesn't believe me, just go back and listen to those shows. They're still there. OzRoundtable.com. It's all still there. It's, I'm happy to pay the, the hosting fees every year just to leave an archive of my, my entrance into this scene. Go back and listen. I was more conspiratorial back then. And that's, that's okay. Okay, this is a journey. You're not going to go from normie to guru to sage in a week or in a year. Or I would argue even in 10 years. I'm still learning stuff. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It was the year I had my world turned upside down and inside out. I literally, this is Dietra again, I literally had everything always work out for me in my life no matter what, with practically no effort. But now I get thrown test after test almost weekly. As soon as I feel like I completed a challenge and start to take a breath, another insane situation is put on my plate. I accept these situations as being what is needed to grow. I believe some of us are put on a fast track to awakening. 
love what you were doing, and it's nice to have a good bunch of people to relate to. That is a lovely comment, Dietrich. I really appreciate that. Email me, johnthebond123gmail.com. Guess what you've just won? You've just won a one-month membership to johnthebond.com on the house. On the house. Okay, I'll take care of it. You can access all the archives at johnthebond.com for one month. For all of March, you are now uh, part of the club. If you want that. Some people don't want to join. That's up to them. But if you do, it'll cost you not a cent because as the first person to leave a message in the mailbag, you've just won yourself one month on the house. Now, in terms of me replying to this, I mean, this, this is uh, someone's personal anecdote about or their personal story about uh, what they're doing here and, and the challenges and what have you. I don't really think there's too much that, that it requires me to say. But um, other than Deidre, thank you very much for the comment. And yeah, there's lots of people who feel like, you know, the more you know, the more challenges you, you experience. But what are these challenges for? You know, you go to a gym, you're doing, you go to the gym to test yourself, to test your body, to make your body work hard. It sort of gets a little bit, like a little bit damaged. They call it like micro damage to the muscles, whatever. Your body has to recover. In theory, you come back stronger. Okay, and not just in theory, in practice too, it works. Maybe life is much the same. We need to go through these challenges to become better people. And boy, oh boy, I've been on the road now for two, it's been two years since I left Australia. I left Australia on Feb 24, 20, no, 2019, yeah. So it's now, what's it now, March 1. So a week ago was my two year anniversary on the road. And I'm telling you, man, uh, there's been some challenges and I like to think I've come through them a, a better, stronger person. And I like to think that in the future, if I go through similar problems, I'll be better able to deal with them because I've been through them before. That's the way I try and see, see life. You know? Sometimes bad things do happen. And we're going to hear from somebody in the, in the voicemail in a moment talking about something that there really is very difficult to get through, I understand. However, I think it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. And if, if your perspective is, poor me, why does the universe do bad things to me? Why does God hate me? You know, if, if that's your attitude, then probably I would say people with that attitude probably going to have a less fulfilling life than people who are like, oh man, another bad thing's happened. Oh well, guess I've got to overcome this as well. You know, it's all, it's all part of a plan. It's all, and without getting too spiritual or whatever, uh, just yet, because that will also come up in the voicemails. I think for a lot of people, it all boils down to, do they believe in a higher force? And do they believe the higher force is good or bad? It's like a simple decision tree. And a lot of people have not spent enough time uh, deeply thinking about these things and trying to share their preconceived program notions to really sit down and assess this. But I would put to the people listening to this all around the world, 50 people listening live and a few more hundred listen on delay, that I think one of the big problems with the act realm, I would say, is that some people have lost faith in whatever you want to call it. Deep down, they still believe it's out there, but they've now lost faith that it's on their side. And I think if you have the attitude that that this world was created for you to be a, a victim or you know a, a loser like someone who doesn't get what they want who's a, a victim of of circumstances out of your control yeah i put to you that if, if that is really the way you see the world then then you are going to have a less uh fulfilling and, and dare i say it happy life peaceful life than someone who still maintains faith and i don't say this to someone who, oh i'm full of faith and god's my best friend no I, I my faith is challenged all the time just like everybody and people are like, what, faith, faith? Is JLB a Christian? No. <laughs> in fact, I believe the Bible is no more than 200 years old. Nobody died, nobody got hurt, period. That's a fact. I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about something bigger than us. And I'll come back and talk more about that in now too, because we're running out of time. But Dietrich, get in contact, johnthebond123gmail.com. My basic point is challenges in life. I'm 33 years old. I'm no expert about life. I'm no guru. I've got lots of bad things still to happen to me. But I think... And I've had lots of time to think about this and to see other people in the way that they deal with, with circumstance. 
I think the people who lead the happiest lives are the ones who embrace the challenges as part of a broader journey or a broader plan. And the people who are more miserable are the ones who feel like every hurdle, ah, see, another example, the world's against me. And I think most of you listening, I think deep down, you know what I'm saying here is true. You, you don't even need me to say it. You already know it. Just a lot of people don't think about it. Okay, so on to the next comment. This is from Lynn Ertel, who I think might be the same Lynn who calls into IPS and used to call into Hoax Pass's call with the reportedly late Chris Kendall. Uh, I won't even talk about that today, but um, I think it's the same Lynn. I hope so. Lynn writes, and if it's not the same Lynn, then Lynn Ertel, I apologize, but I think this is the same Lynn. And this Lynn, you can find footage of her on YouTube. On YouTube, as the Americans would say. And you can find footage of this I think she might be close to 70 years old, right? She's, she's fit as a fiddle, doing jiu-jitsu competitions with people much younger than her. And I'm telling you, she's a machine. She's a machine. It's incredible. And now jiu-jitsu, big mental test, big physical test. And to actually get on the mats with someone and potentially risk injury. I mean, most, um, most competitions, people have it pretty reasonable. But still, anytime you're, you're rolling around with people with, with uh, your ankles and with your, uh, your elbows and your shoulders and the different locks that people put on, and the Gs, I think she was fighting a, a G competition. You know, you can get, you can get a bit injured, and, and not just physically, but mentally, to test yourself, right? Because if someone chokes you out on the mat, it's kind of like a symbolic, you know, you've just been killed, haven't you? You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a big thing, I think, and I've got so much respect for everyone who's ever done it. And uh, Lynn has, and I think this is that Lynn. Just an inspiration, if you ask me. I think it's the same Lynn. She can correct me uh, in the future. I think it's the same Lynn. Now, the comment is... The Steve Bannon Seinfeld thing is an interesting key to me. The Steve Bannon Seinfeld thing, I'm not sure what she's talking about. It claims of cognitive dissonance on the left-right animal farm. Meta script that relationship connection and you'll unravel the scripting of the Trump campaign. Also, the latest developments with Q dissolving into the sovereign citizen movement, the latter a long-time honeypot of infiltration, manipulation, and even sponsorship by the FBI, and other police organizations. In the future of this show, Apostasy, we're going to dedicate an entire episode to Q, I promise you. So I won't say too much about that other than thank you, Lynn, for the comment. Guess what? Lynn comes back a couple of hours later. Okay, the first one was at 6 p.m., the second one was at 8, 8.30, roughly. So a couple of hours later, Lynn returns. This is on February 22. It also strikes me that the Q thing and its fellow sectarians like MAGA or Stop the Steal, Proud Boys, etc., at this stage, would have no problem embracing fakeology and enlisting in the auto-hoax army. See, I'm not so sure about that. I think the people who get, who get who fall into those Q rabbit holes and whatever, I don't think, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, Lynn, I hope you're correct. I don't think those people are gonna come around and realize that the, the media's fake. I, I don't think that's what they're looking for in life. I don't think that's what they wanna find. They, they wanna believe this is real. They wanna believe politics is real, which means they wanna believe that war is real. They wanna believe that geopolitics is real. They want to believe that the shootings on the TVs are real. Like they want to believe in somebody who wants to believe something. No, they're not going to suddenly stop believing. No matter how much evidence is put in front of their faces, they're not going to stop believing. That's just the way the world works. So, but, but Lynn, I could be wrong. And over the next few months, we're going to find out. When we get to March 4, whatever is the next date that the, the Q people have come up with, are we going to get to, to March 4? And then you see in all the Q forums, people saying, okay, we were fooled. <laughs> they got us. Time to... Time to let it be, okay? Time to put down our 
put down our metaphorical guns and accept that this is over, right? Is that going to happen? I don't think so. You see, I've been studying cults for years now, not formally at university, but informally. I've read a couple of books, I've read a couple of studies, and I've also been watching some of these truth movement segments, if you will. I won't name the most obvious one, but some of you who are here back in 2015, I should say, know exactly what I'm talking about. And guess what? The thing with cults is, I'm not saying all cults are bad, okay, but, but some of them, people do get taken for a ride, yes. And guess what happens? When they get to the next date of the next big thing and it doesn't happen, someone just produce, produces a new date. Some of the people will finally realize this is bullcrap, they'll leave, usually without saying very much, because they're a bit sheepish about they, they're being fooled. But the true believers will stick around, because where else are they going to go, okay? It's like a giant ship. They can't change momentum suddenly. That's not how humans work, especially in groups. Read some Gustave Le Bon, the crowd. Okay, humans in groups, they don't change momentum uh, so easily, and cults take full advantage of that. So they just keep putting the data ahead and data. But who knows, man? Come, maybe by the end of March, there'll be a big influx of people on fakeologist.com and uh, at Infinite Plane Radio, and they'll be like, hey, I used to be a Q person. I've now realized it's all fake. I've come to realize that actually the whole, I don't want to say too much, but you know, the, <clears throat> there was an event, you know, big event a couple months ago I come to realize that no one died no one got hurt that could happen Lynn I doubt it I doubt it okay let's move on with this uh, comment since their perfect consistency between the direction they are moving and the inclination to instinctively suspect everything from the media as a psyop or deception yeah I don't know if they do think that they just think everything from CNN is a deception they don't think they don't think Trump's a deception do they we have only to unhitch them all from the Trump well that's the problem that's the problem, getting them to unhitch from the Trump wagon, isn't it? That's the problem. I mean, if you listen, then if you can achieve that, then my respect for you goes from massive to like through the roof. If you can convince even one Trump believer, the Trump is just an actor on the grand stage. He's not, it's not real. If you can achieve it with even one person, I'll be impressed. By deconstructing his role as crisis actor-in-chief, great enabler and vaxxer-in-chief, delivering to the masses the next great global genetic engineering experiment in warp speed time, I have to say, even though I don't necessarily agree with what Lynn's writing here, I like her writing style. This is uh, very nice. And uh, for those of you who are listening, and maybe my reading isn't, um, I'm not reading this well enough here to understand what's being said, because I'm, I'm speaking pretty fast, we're running out of time. I'm stumbling over my words, I'm trying to get through this as quick as I can. I can read all of these comments at apostasy.com. Just click on the mailbag and read these comments for yourself. You can interact, like if you guys, if you want to reply to Lynn, just go and leave a comment. It's all there waiting for you. And you can leave a comment uh, for me to read on the next episode of apostasy if that's what you want now we're up to 752 we're fast running out of time the next comment is a long comment what i'm going to do s lucas is if it's cool with you i'm going to come back and make your comment the first comment i read on next week's episode and it's a good comment too i've already read it and i've thought about it basically it's about this idea of supposedly there were these ancient greeks who had a philosophical school that was all about suspending beliefs and by doing so you could achieve some kind of peace and i think what s lucas is su suggesting to me is that my super skepticism, my ultra skepticism, my world deleting skeptic brand of skepticism is similar to these people in the sense that I'm suspending belief in everything to achieve peace. And I can see where S. Lucas is coming from. I don't think I'm suspending all belief, but I can see how it comes across that way. We'll come back and talk about all of that and more on next week's episode. I promise you, S. Lucas. And also, by the way, Lynn, I forgot to say, Lynn, if you want to join JohnTheBond.com one month membership on the house, whether you're Lynn the Jiu Jitsu master, or you're some other Lynn, in which case I do apologize for the confusion. But either way, get in contact with me, johnthebomb 3 gmailcom I'll hook you up with one month on the house uh, membership, 
hundreds of hours of content waiting for you, plus a community of about 100 people, an online community with their own Discord server, most of whom no longer believe in all the things that you probably don't believe in either and have come to see the world very differently. Really cool bunch of people, and you get to join for a month if you want at johnthebond.com. Yeah, yeah, boy. Let's go and check out the live stream chat. 50 people watching live. Goodness gracious me. Let's have a look. I'll try and read a couple of comments and then move on to the voicemail because time is getting away from us. Von Go writes, there has to be something to believing in a higher power. I had been to many AA meetings and it's actually required to believe in a higher power over yourself to do the program. I always found that interesting, writes uh, Von Go. Yeah, I went to an AA meeting a couple of years ago and I don't think they said that we had to believe in a higher power to be allowed there. But obviously, you know, the 12 steps and uh, the history of AA does tie in with what you might call, you know, religion and what have you. So I do understand there is that tie-in, but when I went to one of those meetings a couple of years ago, this was when I was in Malaysia, actually. So probably 18 months ago, I'd say. 18, 20 months ago. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think at that meeting we had to believe in a higher power, but yeah, if you're saying that at other AAs around the world they do have to, yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me because there is that obvious religious tie-in. And look, I think, honestly, deep down, deep down, most people with either medium or above intelligence... Deep down, I think a lot of people do believe in something. They might, they might reject or recoil at the word God, and that's fair enough, given the, given the the current state of the world and certain so-called churches and religions and just the way that we're programmed as kids. I understand people don't like the word God, but even something like sync, when you start going down the sync rabbit hole, and all of a sudden, you know, you're reading about sync and these crazy things are happening in your life, and you start to think, hold on, there's something bigger going on here. It doesn't have to be a God. It doesn't have to be something that's separate from you or some other identity that's watching you, these crazy ideas that we're given on TV and stuff. No, just something bigger. Bigger than, oh, I'm in my room and I've got uh, two windows, a door to the hallway, a door to my bedroom, a laptop, a, a bottle of, not a bottle, a glass of beautiful Bulgarian water. Maybe there's something more than just this material that I see in front of my eyes. Maybe there's something bigger. That's what I'm talking about. And I think deep down, most, if not all people, do have some sense that there might be something. But of course, especially people my age and below, we're raised to reject that. It's crazy. That's crazy talk, man. It's, you're just, you were just born by complete accident on a, on a spinning ball, spinning around the sun, orbiting around the giant ball of helium and hydrogen, going through nuclear fusion or some shit. And uh, it's all by complete chance. And, and you're the descendant of bacteria from, from hundreds of millions of years ago that got, got hit by electricity and that eventually grew feet and started walking on the land and then eventually, I don't know, some monkeys had some sex. You know, and somehow you got here by accident and your life is completely meaningless and purposeless. There's nothing bigger than you. And eventually you're going to die and then get put in a coffin or an incinerator and yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. And I used to believe that. Guys, this is why it's called apostasy. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is exactly why. Because I am an apostate. I used to believe all of that crap. I used to defend that crap. Can you believe that? Fortunately, I was able to put my ego aside and reconsider what I thought I knew and how smart I thought I was. And here we are, seven years later. And yeah, I'm John Le Bon, greatest world leading skeptic, I should say, running apostasyshow.com right now. And there's 55 people watching live. And most of you in the live chat, I'm sure, are enjoying the show. I hope you are. Let me know in the comments section below. Uh, let's have a look. Man, there's so many comments, I appreciate it, but I've got to get to these voicemails. So we're going to go a few minutes over time tonight, but I think it's worth it. Because what I need to show you is this, uh, this voicemail that was left by 
Chris. So this was left one week ago. Thank you, Chris, for your patience. Let's check this out. Hi, John. I'd just like to drop in and leave a voicemail regarding um, something that happened in my life, which kind of reinstates the, the whole notion of nobody died, nobody got hurt. Um, sort of a strong believer in all of that. And what happened in my life, at the start of the year, my brother suddenly passed away. Um, he died of a cardiac arrest. So Chris has a rather strong accent, which I think is Scottish, but I'm not very good with accents. Uh, I, w I really should be much better, but I'm, I'm really not good. But I think it's Scottish. So Chris has said that earlier in the year, his, his brother, I think he said his brother passed away from a, from a heart attack. Hold on, I'm just going to press play again. Give me a second. And what happened in my life? At the start of the year, my brother suddenly passed away. Yeah, so at the start of the year, his brother passed away from a heart attack. Um, he died of a cardiac arrest and... I must say that the heart involved in that was tremendous, um, not only to myself, but to all of my immediate family and friends. So Chris is saying, and by the way, I'm repeating what the, the voicemails say, just in case the audio's not coming through clear. So he says that the pain that was involved was immense for everyone involved. And then obviously that extended well beyond to my brother's friends. Um, and I, I must say that um, if people were dying in all these um, events, as we're, as we're told, you know, the world would be a, a very morbid place. Um, I think that witnessing something like that firsthand is... Um, is um, I don't think that there's a lot of people that have actually witnessed or or maybe they don't share it. Maybe they don't have the the confidence to to express these these hurt. But I, I just feel... Um, yeah, if we were... I, I think if a lot of people were... We're dying, as we're being told, we'd, we would all be a lot more aware of it. Um, I hope that makes sense. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I believe you're already a member of johnthebond.com, but if you're not, email me, johnthebond93gmail.com, uh, membership for all of March on the house for obvious reasons. And first things first, obviously, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. This is a part of life. People do die, and it is horrific when it's someone close to you. I've been very lucky in my life. I, I'm not going to go into detail now, at least in the public show, but... Um, some people in my life have died, but not my brothers, not my parents, and none of my best friends uh, when I was a kid. You know, those core group of people in your life, mum, dad, siblings, if you're close to your grandparents, them as well. Uh, one of my grandparents has passed away, but I wasn't particularly close. And then your, your friends growing up. Um, if any of them die, especially when you're young, yeah, it's horrific. The pain is tremendous. I've seen it in other people, but I've never gone through that. And I feel, in a way, I feel very blessed by that fact. And that's why I say, look, I've got some bad, there's going to be some bad shit happening in my life, okay? Eventually, one of my close friends is going to die, or eventually one of my brothers is going to die, or eventually one of my parents is going to die, right? This is bound to happen. And it's going to be, it's going to be horrible. Like, I know there's going to be some bad shit happening in my life. And that's one of the reasons why I try to, I try to hold back from saying too much about what I think about the the spiritual challenge side of life because people can come back to me and say, yeah, but you've never lost someone close, like not really close. And I'm like, that's a, that's a fair point. So I can come back and talk about trying to have a good perspective when I'm forced to go through something really horrific. Now in saying that, I'm not going to detail what I have uh, gone through and the people who I have lost, 
I'm not saying I've gone through nothing. I'm just saying those of you who've lost a brother like Chris, yeah, I haven't gone through that, to be perfectly frank with you. And anyway, Chris's point was, I think, that if there was really a mass pandemic going on and people were real, like people were losing their mums and their aunties and their fathers left, right and centre, like we'd see it, we'd see it. And I think that was Chris's main point was him knowing how hard it is going through death. If there, was, if there was a massive uptick in that happening in our society, we'd know it because we would see it and we would feel the misery and we don't see it. And why don't we see it? Why don't we feel it? You guys all know why. And I think that was Chris's point. So Chris, good point. Well made. Thank you for the comment. JohnTheBioMonthly3Gmail.com for a free membership on the house. But I think you might already be a member. I'm not sure. And for those of you listening, you're like, JLB, how come I don't know who's a member who's not? There's multiple Chris's on JohnTheBond.com. And there have been other Chris's in the past and there'll be more Chris's in the future. And so um, I've, I don't think I've heard from, from that particular Chris before, whether he's a member or not. The members who join for the member calls, I get to know them, okay? Because we talk on the record, we talk off the record. I get to know them very well. I've even met some of them. So there's a, there's a group who I do know really well. But there's another group of members. Some of them have been there for years. If they don't come on the member calls and they don't send me many emails or whatever, like how can I... You know, I can't, I can't know hundreds of people around the world closely, um, you know, without, without speaking to them regularly. That's just not a natural thing. So that's why I don't necessarily know who's who. And then when people leave voicemail messages or, or mailbag messages, they might use a different name to what they use on the website. And I just remember people's usernames. I don't look up what their email name is or what their PayPal name is. That, that's not, to me, that's not, I don't want to know those things. I just know that your username is what I know. So unless someone uses their exact username, how am I supposed to know who's, who's who? So maybe Chris is a member. If you are, awesome. But if you're not, you're now a member for March. If you want that, johnthebombmonthly3 at gmail.com. Okay, on to the next message. This one comes to us from Seabass, who was, of course, featured in a previous voicemail a couple of weeks ago. He's back. He recorded this a week ago, thereabouts. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, JLB, it's Seabass. I wanted to know what you make of this. Um, I don't hear you say the word uh, spiritual uh, ever. So I've been, I've been. Uh, well, I d- he Sebas says I don't hear you say the word spiritual ever. I do say it sometimes. I generally try and avoid those conversations, especially in the public material that I release. Uh, in the member content, sometimes I will elaborate further, but still not. You know, I still don't um, necessarily go down that path too far for various reasons, which I've kind of already touched on a little bit. But yeah, you'll hear more of it in the member content than the, the public content. I do talk about, like, the, I do use the word spiritual sometimes. I try and avoid it. But the concepts I do touch on sometimes. But I get, your, I get your main point. For someone who's released hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of content, you won't hear much of me talking about, uh, quote-unquote, spiritualism um, directly. That's, that's a fair point. Really enjoying my, uh, my, my membership. Yeah, Seabass got a free membership on the house. And so far, he's enjoying it. Good to hear. And going through the archives. And notice there's so many archives there, man. It's crazy. Hundreds of hours of content. JohnTheBond.com. Thing that the effect that your work has on me is uh, inherently spiritual in the way that um, seeing through the lies and the illusions. To me, it has a spiritual effect. Getting so, Sebastian says that his experience of going through the content, he likens it to a spiritual thing seeing through the lies. I mean, this is such a wonderful. I mean, I, I almost feel silly. Re- Um, you know, saying this back because it's such a wonderful thing for someone, I think, for someone to say that they've had um, that kind of experience through through going through the work. Some of you listening to this might be going, what, spiritual how? Well, how about about if someone until recently still did believe in 
for, for argument's sake, war and millions of people dying in the 1940s, okay? And millions of people dying back in the 19, uh, 1915 and 1919, World War I, and, and hundreds of thousands of people uh, losing life and limb in, in the Vietnam War and what have you. Like, what if you believe in all of that and you've got this spiritual monkey on your back, this death, you believe you, li- you live in a world of death and you should, you should do a minute's silence to commemorate the death and all of this horrible shit that we were programmed with as kids... A minute silence. Guys, where do you think a minute silence comes from? What, you think humans have always done that? No. That's a relatively recent thing. And it was used to help psychic drive to mind control people to believe in the, in the death, to believe in the wars. And that's why to this day, even so-called awake people still get angry when I say that wars are hoax. No, it's not. All these millions of people died. No, they didn't. You were mind controlled. You are a victim of mind control, you see. In the cult that you were raised in, that I am now an apostate of, you were, you were forced to stand there in silence for a minute to commit what to commemorate, to feel guilty about, to feel, to empathize with the deaths of millions of people who never existed. And now suddenly someone can go through life believing all of that and then suddenly realize, hold on, nobody died. Nobody died for you in some war. That's not true. That's not a real thing. That's not a real thing. You're not guilty of anything. You're not guilty of anything. Or global warming. You're not guilty of anything, guys. You've done nothing wrong. And to suddenly... And, and I've had years to get my head around this. If someone comes to some... And those, those are just two examples. I can give you a lot more. So to suddenly realize, hold on. The world isn't what I thought it was. These lies I believe to be, have been holding me down in ways I didn't even realize. And it turns out it's not true. I think for some people, that could be likened to a kind of spiritual growth or awakening. And I think that's what Seabass is getting at. And, yeah, some people listening to this right now are getting very mad at me. Like, what? War hoax? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, see? That's the programming kicking in, guys. Oh, but, but my, my uncle... Yeah, what? Your uncle what? Your uncle was not shooting at Charlie or being shot at by Charlie, guys. Now, I don't have time to get into this right now. But if you ever do manage to escape from that mind control, those minutes of silence they made you do, if you can ever escape that, undo the programming, then you'll see. But until then, you're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to think the sea bass is crazy, and that's fine. And closer to the truth, and perhaps God. <laughs> so, what do you think of that? <laughs> uh, so, what he's suggesting is that deprogram yourself, getting away from lies, might bring people closer to God. Again, I don't like using the word God. I don't think of of God. I don't think of some separate entity that's watching me. That's not the way that I see the world. If other people do, that's fine by me as well. But yeah, until I learned about sync and really started looking into sync, I probably was neglecting to a large extent this idea of something bigger. But then some crazy things happened in my life. I'm talking some real crazy things. I'm talking some things so crazy, so significant, that I have not even told the members of my own website. I might have told some of them in private calls after one too many uh, beautiful, beautiful Thai beers or Malaysian beers or now uh, Bulgarian beers. I might have told a couple of them, but... There's stuff that has happened to me subsequent to going down these rabbit holes, okay, that is so sinky that I cannot help but think that there's something much bigger than me going on here. But I don't use the word God. So to answer Seabass's question in a roundabout way, do I think deprogramming might lead someone down the spiritual path? Indeed, I do. I also believe that someone who thinks they're spiritual but is being misled might undo their spiritual programming by realizing that they were given that certain quote-unquote spiritual programming by different people but with the same end as the as a scientism uh, cult so my point is if we're using the word spiritualism in a very broad sense can deprogramming from one from one mass religious belief scientism or whatever 
lead one down a path that sort of opens their eyes to something bigger? Yes. But at the same time, I think a lot of what is uh, passed off as spiritualism is also, in fact, a hoax. So I will dedicate an episode of this uh, show, Apostasy, to this kind of topic in the future. But I do appreciate your comment. It means a lot to me that someone would uh, say something like that. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed your time at johnthebond.com. And yeah, what else can I say? We should leave it there. So guys, we've gone over time by about 10 minutes. I'm sorry about that. Uh, That was not my intention. I will try and keep these to an hour. I've been pretty good at that so far. In the after call, we've got so much more to discuss. On last week's after call, we were joined by a special guest who had a marvelous, I think, story to tell about where he was mentally six months ago, where he is now in regards to the the madness in the world. Terrific conversation. And then the week before that, we had three or four guests joined, including Tim Osman. So the after call usually involves some guests. I expect some more tonight. But with or without guests, I've got some topics to talk about that I'm, I've been looking forward all week to talking about. So we'll record the after call in about five minutes at the JLB Discord server. If you're already on the server, just jump into the recording room and I'll be there. And you can listen live or you can partake in the conversation. If you're not on the JLB Discord server, then you can join that. Information available at johnlebon.com. And you can listen to all the previous episodes, the first hours, at apostasy.com. I'm going to read a couple more comments and then we'll wrap this show up. And then we'll begin the after show in just a few minutes. Let's read a couple of comments here. Let's have a look. It's so hard to find the right comments to read. Monday, guys, I'm going to have a producer and everything's going to be great. He'll show me the comments to read out and it's going to be wonderful. But thank you for putting up with the dead air. Radio broadcasters hate dead air for good reason. I'm trying to avoid it. Let's see, what have we got here? So many comments. Von Gogh says, I don't want to brace him about the war hoax. He's talking about one of his family members. Oh, he's a friend. He goes, I have a friend that served in Afghanistan, but I'm too scared to bring it up with him. I just don't want to say something that emotionally affects him or hurts him, even though I'm curious about that. That's, that's good. That's, that's being reasonable. You know someone who probably either believes in the war hoax or uh, not believes in it, believes in war as we're told it, always come to see that there's problems with the story. But either way, might not want to talk about it due to the trauma of, of realizing that they're part of a giant hoax or the trauma of the dissonance. People think you're a hero, but you know deep down all you were doing was garden territory or strategic relocation and demolition, no actual war, or any myriad of things. I mean, just being, just being overseas for a few months away from friends and family can be traumatic for people, okay? It really can. I should know. I've been doing it for two years now, right? For, for these reasons and more, yeah, some people who, who have served, gone on tours, quote-unquote, they, they might not want to talk about this stuff. So that's you're probably being a good person, just, just thinking, no, I'm not going to bring it up, even though I'm curious because... You know, I don't want to upset them. However, if you ever do get a chance to ask them some questions about this stuff, I would be fascinated to hear the response because the people I've spoken to who've been in the military or have been uh, in the Navy or whatever, they all come back with the same story. No, never fired a bullet in anger. Not a single one of them. Not one. Now, one of these days, I'm going to be at a bar somewhere, maybe having one or two beers too many, and I might meet someone who claims to have shot someone. Hopefully, I'm smart enough to keep my mouth shut. But I might be in one of those moves where I'm like, bro, can I ask you a question? Between you and me, did you ever fire a gun in anger at anybody? Be honest. And he might say to me, yeah, I killed someone. And I might look him in the eye and be like, did you really? He might break eye contact. He might keep eye contact and say, yeah, really? That might happen one day. And when it does, I'll be happy to report back and let people know, did I sense this man was telling the truth? Or did I sense that he was, in fact, telling a lie? We'll find out one day. But so far, no, nobody, nobody has tried to tell me that they, that they were fired at or that they fired at people. No. And I don't think that's going to happen. But this episode is not meant to be about that. 
So let's wrap it up. Thanks to everybody in the live stream chat for your comments. Thanks especially to Seabass for the voicemail, to Chris for the voicemail. By the way, get in touch with me, Chris, if you're not already a member. To Lynn for the comment, get in touch. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not a member of JohnTheBond.com. And to, who was the first one? Vitra, Vitra, was it? Let's go and check it out. Might as well get this right, we've got time. No need to rush these things, mailbag. Let's take a look, Dietra, I apologize. Dietra, get in touch, JohnTheBond123Gmail.com. Members of JohnTheBond.com, hour two begins in a moment. Go and check it out at the JLB Discord server. And guys, if you want to join the JLB Discord server, it's very easy, all information is available at JohnTheBond.com. Go and check it out. Basically the way I put it to people is this. You buy things for yourself, you treat yourself. You buy a coffee because it tastes good. You buy a new sweater because you want to look good or you think the sweater looks good. Or you buy a ticket to, a, to the theater because like, whatever it is, right? You treat yourself. I think there's some people out there they still look at the membership for JohnTheBond.com as some kind of impediment. Like they're not allowing themselves to spend money on themselves. It's a little bit of money to get access to what I believe is the most intellectual part of the act realm. Not the most meme-tastic, that's IPS, but the most intellectual conversation between people who can have these kind of conversations is JohnTheBond.com. And you can join it. Treat yourself. You deserve it. Why are you not spending a little bit of money on yourself to come and hang out? And if you don't like it, cancel after one month. It's no big deal. But you will like it. I'm very confident. So JohnTheBond.com, once again, this has been streamed via the Dark Matter Digital Network. Links in the info box below. Go and check it out. The Infinite Plane Society, $2 to join the meme factory. What are you waiting for? 37 things normies believe, 37 things conspiratards believe. Links in the info box below. Leave a comment for the next mailbag. We'll read out the comment from S. Lucas in next week's call. And of course, leave a voicemail. It's so easy. Anybody can do it. I hope that you do. So thank you, March 1st, 2021. This has been Apostasy. Episode number three, uh, John the Bond coming to you from beautiful Bainsco, Bulgaria. Hour two begins in just a moment. I'll see you there at the JLB Discord server. But for now, I hope you have a lovely day, afternoon, evening, and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Dark Matter Digital Network, the top paranormal streaming radio on the internet. Join us for live call-in shows, podcasts, and special guests. Go to darkmatter.news to hear the most current news from the fringe and beyond. Got something to say? Leave a voicemail at the wormhole for on-air play at darkmatter.radio.